Hey, welcome to James Crowley's Infinite Playlist, the podcast where I try to listen to every song that's ever existed. Uh, and today on my pod, I, f- I feel like I forgot how to do the intro. That's fine. Real <laughs> raw. Today, my guest is a dear friend of mine. She's an artist and she's the head of operations at Wearable Collections, Nina Mascaroni. Nina, how's it going? Hi, it's going well. How's it going with you? Good, good. Um... Right off the top, uh, you know, you've Nina, you've been my friend for years and years. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but part of the reason why I wanted you on is because you're a creative person, uh, but also I think what you do with wearable collections is very cool. Do you want to yeah. talk briefly about what you do for wearable collections, totally. what the organization um, is? Wearable Collections is a clothing and textile recycling company in New York City. Um, our goal is to make it accessible to New Yorkers to... Uh, recycle their clothing rather than throwing it in the trash Um, and we do that by like creating like pop-up sites and just making it accessible to people and I was just with you on site collecting clothes at a farmer's market Um, we ended up at the farmer's market this morning um, for much longer than planned (laughs) Yeah, the glamorous parts of the job for sure. Um, but it's kind of nice to be at the park all day instead of being in an office. So yeah, that always cool. works. But yeah, um, so I I feel like I should know your music taste a little bit better. But listening <laughs> to your playlist uh, shows that I don't really. Even though we go to concerts together all the time, you've brought me to stuff. I've brought you to stuff. We we've gone to things that we both thought about going to talk a little bit about your music taste and what you listen to yeah absolutely and i think agreeing with you that we do go um (laughs) to a lot of concerts together and because of that you'd think we'd have very similar music tastes and i I don't think we do uh Um, no this was this was very telling that we don't (laughs) (laughs) um i mean in the boring way like oh i listen to everything and i don't like country music um and racist not racist Mm, yeah classist that's the maybe uh (laughs) You know, it's for me, I grew up in Denver where country music is everywhere and it's never been for me. Um, So for that reason, like I kind of get stuck really in indie music. I grew up on rock and roll. That would be like my first favorite genre. Um, But I listen to a lot of rap. I listen to um, a lot of punk and kind of everything in between there. Cool. Um, Um, Admittedly, I don't know any rap that you listen to. That's funny. So, um, yeah. I, I feel like you're lying. I'm not. <laughs> I listen to a lot of Wu-Tang Clan. Okay, um, fair. Respectable. That's kind of like my starting off point. I listen to a lot of Atmosphere, which is like a lot like different than Wu-Tang Clan for sure. Um, I really like Chance the Rapper's new album. It's really oh. lovely. It's not, it's not a popular opinion. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, all right, cool. Anyway, let's get into the playlist. All right, let's um, do it. Uh, you chose opening tracks of albums, which I kind of like because it's specific where every other playlist could have been any song, hypothetically, right. but this had to be first tracks on albums, which I, I really enjoy. I enjoy having limits. <laughs> I, I do as well. I mean, you know me, I've always been a big playlist person. Yeah. I think um, like the ones where it's a lot broader in terms of like topic, like, oh, seasons or fall yeah. or weather are fun and all, but I mean, I like ones where like you can only choose from a certain set of songs for it. So like whether that's like decades or whether um, I do a lot of acrostic playlists where you're like, do a person's name and you have to like choose a song with each letter. So I like, 
I like limits. And I, I've I've thought about doing hyper specific, where like it has to be the third track from the band's fifth album. But oh, I feel like that, that would be way too specific and too. I'm kind of into it. Maybe maybe when that'll <laughs> I have be you back, our next one. <laughs> third, third track, fifth album. All right. Uh, but anyway, uh, so opening tracks. What was your approach a little bit to this besides the fact that oh. they had to be first songs? So for me, I so like I said, rock and roll is my favorite genre. But I I'll be honest. I was introduced to a lot of rock and roll through compilations and live albums. So looking at it as an album as a whole is like something I've never done with that genre. Um, But being a huge indie rock fan, um, I feel like that's where albums became like super important to me. And also like growing up listening to like CDs and like popping a CD in the car and like that sort of thing. Um, So I kind of limited myself to the indie world. Okay, Um, that's cool. And I started with albums I really liked and then kind of like edited down to say which tracks are what do I think is a a good first track or like just a good song in general right. but I tried to choose songs that I think are a good first track for specific albums rather than just yeah. being a good song that happens to be first I I mostly did that although I did with some of my stuff I I was thinking like this would work well this doesn't necessarily feel like an opening track you know because yeah, I sure. I ended up thinking like like a song like the end by my chemical romance um, the opening track from um, the Black Parade is a great opening, but it only works as an opening. It can only right. be a first song ever. So, yeah, and yeah. I found that as well. In yeah. A couple of songs that like I wanted to put on the playlist, but like really didn't fit. And there are a lot that like just kind of transition into the first song. Absolutely. So like that made it more difficult. Um, and you said you struggled with mine, I which did uh, the we'll first get listen. into that. We'll get, um, but uh, to kick it off, let's let's get into your first track, which is Ezra Furman and the Harpoons' "Mother's Day." Let's listen to that a little bit now. Hello, this song is called "Mother's Day." It's about a whore that I knew in Chicago. All right, tell me a little bit about this. Um, so I wanted to start the first track of my playlist with a song that like opened it so as you know this song starts off with like hello yeah one Um, two one two yeah yeah so the fact that it like opens it with like an introduction and it's like obviously the introduction to the album as well um it's a great song like Ezra Furman is by far my favorite um new artist um I mean he's been around for over 10 years now in the music industry um but definitely like becoming one of my favorites i've seen him a few times i'm seeing him next week so i'm stoked about that um but he's a queer uh jewish punk rocker and i didn't know he was jewish that's yeah which is cool Um, Um, and he's from boston right i think he's from chicago but was living in boston Boston, um and he's lived in la and he just moved back to boston um he's just like a really interesting character and like i saw um last time i saw him it was like shortly after um one of the shootings at a synagogue and he did a traditional like jewish prayer song which was like really awesome especially in the middle of like this crazy punk show um, so I just, I, like, I love the way it sounds and it's like true rock and roll, but there's also like a lot of deeper meaning in what he writes. Yeah. Uh, I, so <laughs> I, I didn't tell you I struggled with you, but there were yeah. moments that I did. This was one of them to be totally honest, because yeah. this is a little like, 
and I think maybe I listened to it through this lens because I listened to him in an interview and he said he's a big Bob Dylan fan, but this sounded a lot like Tangled Up in Blue to me. Um, oh, like a punky take on that. And I, I like the energy. I like his voice, but it was very Bob Dylan-like and it, it was hard for me to really properly like sink my teeth into. That's interesting. Yeah, he. this is like from, I think, his second album. So right. it's very early. Um for me, I mean, the song kind of has a lot of, like, up and downs, but, like, I do like the uh, yeah. lyrical part of it, which obviously is very right. Dylan. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I One of the things that kind of... It, it, it's hard because, you know, I, I kind of wrote about this recently when I wrote about uh, Pine Grove, but he opens it by saying this is a song about a whore, and I'm yeah. like, oh, yikes. <laughs> you know, that's where... where Granted, I've used that word before. If I hear a comic say that word on stage, I'm kind of like, but I was like, oh, shit, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> and like, I was, I feel like I just kind of like carrying that through the rest of the song where I'm like, what's it? What is this? <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, definitely to like open a song with saying this is about this is a song about a whore I knew in Chicago kind of like sets the stage. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which is, it, it, it's effective in that way. And I'm like, you know, he has a solid delivery of it. Yeah, so. I don't know. I mean, my favorite line is, like, um, it's just wordplay because it's, like, we've come a long way in a sense and we've lost a lot of innocence. And, like, I like that. I think it's interesting. Um, it's a little bit, you know, more lyrical than just storytelling. Yeah. So, I don't cool. know. Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's hop into my first track, which was Kanye West's Ultra Light Beam. Let's listen to that for a second now. Cool. So uh, Kanye West, Ultralight Beam. I I love Kanye. I feel like I've had Kanye on a lot of my playlists. Maybe I haven't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just overthinking that. He <laughs> he just announced a new album, so I'm thinking I have that on my brain. But um, a lot about Kanye. Had uh, had you listened to this song before or? I hadn't. I'm not a big Kanye person. Which um, is fair. I think which is mostly due to the fact that I haven't exposed myself to it a lot. Yeah. Um. And on first listen, I found this song kind of, like, incongruous and a little bit, like, weird for an opener. Um, but on second listen, I ended up liking it a lot. Um, so the album that this comes from, this was originally meant to be the closing track. Um, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. And I've seen, when I saw him live, he closed with this song, which fits. It's It kind of has that ethereal nature, but I kind of like that it's it's a huge opener, and it's it's a gospel song, really, right, exactly. at its heart. And, like, as much as I love Kanye as a personality and, like, I love his lyricism, he's not... Uh, He's not super present on this track, which I think kind of makes me like it a little bit more. It's a Kanye song without really being a... Con it's more of a Chance the Rapper song because oh, Chance totally has that is. verse. Yeah. Um, and like Chance's verse blows me away where he's like, I met Kanye West, I'm never going to fail. And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to meet <laughs> Kanye, so I never fail. Um, Seems like a sure, but sure yeah. path. And also the big gospel, like when I saw Kanye do this live, I was super emotional uh, because yeah. when it's like, why is in depression? You know, it's just like huge. So I don't know. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think like I the beginning, of course, is like a little bit more like 
audio sounds and stuff. And yeah. then it builds like really powerful. Um, and I really like that, but then it does like kind of die out again. And you know, that does make more sense when it is, I guess at the end yeah. rather than as the opener. And chance has that lyric where he says, uh, do like God did when he made the first rainbow, throw this at the, at the end. If I'm late for the intro, <laughs> which, uh, you know, <laughs> almost meta, but then it, Ended up being the intro. That's so, pretty funny. Yeah. Um, cool. cool. Uh, let's move right along to your second track, Nathaniel Rateliff. And what's his name? I only wrote Nathaniel. The Night Sweats. The Night Sweats. Nathaniel Rateliff and the Night Sweats. I need, ni- uh, I need never get old. Let's listen to that right now. So tell me a little bit about this one. Yeah. So Nathaniel Rateliff, he's a uh, Denver, like their band is from oh, Denver. Oh, I didn't know that. Which, That's interesting. Yeah. Which is interesting. And so I've like always heard about them from when they were really small, but was never really into it because they're like definitely blur the line of like folk and country. And so I didn't really listen to it. And ironically, I got into them because they were on an episode of NCIS New Orleans. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> um, I'm very cool and watch that show. And... Uh, so I decided to give them another listen, and I ended up falling in love with this album. And it's just, it is the most opener song. It just, uh, you know, starts slow and, like, builds, and there's a lot of horns. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's a great message. It's just all about, like, just, you know, it remind <laughs> It reminded me a lot of, do you know the band I'm From Barcelona? No, not at all. Uh, they have a song called The Painter. That okay. I, that's, like, the only song by them that I know and like. But it reminded me a little bit of that, and it reminded me a little bit of Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yes, it totally yeah, has a, lot a CCR of, feel. Where it's not, like... Like you said, it's kind of country and folk, but it's also it's still a rock song. Oh, at the absolutely. End of the day, which I think is what I really enjoyed about it, and it kind of has like an old timey feel. Like at a very specific point in my life, I would have sought this out. Yeah, I feel like I'm in that specific yeah. point <laughs> of my life right now. <laughs> um, um, that's funny. But yeah. And I, I like the message. I, I need never get old. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the whole my generation who thing where it's like, I don't, like, I hope I die before I get old. Like, I, I don't want to, like, get to a point where I'm no longer, like, having the energy and progressiveness of being a young person, so. Yeah, and it's it, it's a good, yeah, I don't know. There's no, I don't, That's pretty yeah, much it. Pretty much anything. All right, let's move right along. My next pick is Marilyn Manson's Great Big White World uh, from... Uh, the Mechanical Animals album. Let's listen to that now. So this is the Marilyn Manson debut on the podcast. I don't <laughs> think I've mentioned it. Like, there, there's going to be Manson songs on playlists to come, but... First, Lucky to be the first. Um, but yeah, this is a this is a controversial Manson song. It yeah. partially got his album banned from uh, what's it called? Walmart. That and the fact that he had boobs on the cover. Um, the boobs don't seem to be the controversial uh, moment, yeah. really. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
admittedly, so like, what I think when I listen to this when I was younger, there there's a part of me that I reckon with some of the more difficult aspects of Manson's character. Um, I I re-listen to this because as as a kid, you can kind of like look past being like, why is this song called Great Big White World? And reading that Manson said it's about cocaine. Um, oh. Which kind of makes sense. That's interesting. But because he did a lot of drugs. Uh, probably still does a lot of drugs. Actually, I listened to an interview with him like a year ago, and he said he still does a lot of <laughs> drugs. So, um, but, um, you know, there's the part of me that, like, I'm kind of... The fact that it's called Great Big White World, I'm like, is this a racial song? And it kind of is, but it's not... Well, it kind of isn't, I think. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you, so it's interesting that you said it was about cocaine, because um, I didn't catch that, that at all. It, I, I feel like that's a Manson making a joke. Ah, well, so it's, I don't know. So it's interesting, because, like, like, the point of the song, because I looked up the lyrics, because, like, I really don't like Marilyn Manson, that's like, as a, as a sound, and then yeah. on top <laughs> of that, like, all of the other crazy shit. Um, but... Like, the lyrics are kind of... Say, like, it's kind of like, oh, the world is going gray. Like, all the colors being drained from my life yeah. and all of that. And, like, that as a concept, I think, is something extremely relatable. But when you, you say something like great big b- white world, it makes it sound like, you know, white supremacist Right. Which, um, which is kind of what makes it a little bit more difficult. But I do think that in the sense that, like, this can kind of be reclaimed as a political song against white supremacy. But I don't think it can be because of the, because of like, unless you're like interpreting the lyrics, like, you know, and sitting down and doing that, like I I just think it's going to read that way. And I think because of that, it becomes like slightly off color for lack of a better word. Um, And yeah, I don't know. uh, uh, So this is just where you and I would, disagree just because right, I, totally. I, I see it where I'm like you know Manson saying like you know fuck these people and I do think right. Manson would stand by fuck these people but totally. like yeah I, I also see where you come from and it's it's one of those difficult things where like do you read Chuck Klosterman? No. He has a he has uh, his new book is a bunch of short stories Okay. and um, one of the stories is about a band where their song gets claimed as a white supremacist song. And that's the, interesting. The song's called like the great blizzard or whatever, but it's not like, which like makes, you know, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, but it's also, I feel like, but forcing like something f- into a hole where this wouldn't right. need to be forced. Well, so, <laughs> and like what they say, you know, they kind of go through it where they're like, Oh, you know, this is all, it's, it's a stretch to say that it is when you listen to the song and it's difficult. And then like, you know, the, the punchline at the end is like, Oh, we need to like, uh, Ha- we need to talk to the bassist who's not at this meeting and they're like oh he's writing a song about his complicated relationship with his mother and they're like oh that's interesting you know well we still need and then they're like well you know what what's the song called it's great that he's being so open and he's like oh the song's called bomb palestine and it's like oh. you know it's it's a weird like you know oh so maybe it is uh, the bassist is super political and a white supremacist but so that's wild yeah it's it's a fun it, it's a stupid little it, it it's funnier than when i'm telling it <laughs> um that's fair but like it, it's one of those things where like Taylor Swift had this happen to her right. where like people were, you know, the, the white supremacists claimed her like, Oh, she's our Aryan princess. And it's yeah. And like, 
now Taylor Swift is trying to be actively political, which is good. Yeah, I, I think, love that. In, I think it's awesome. I, I think it's awesome when she voices it, not so much in song. I think the songs she's made are bad. Yeah, no, I think, like, to <laughs> stand up as, like, you know, she is an icon for, like, a lot of, like, young women and to say, like, you should care about your yeah. politics and you should, you know, exercise your right to vote. Yeah. Like, I think it's great when any, like, woman that other women look up to, like, you know, pushes that yeah. message. And did you read the Vogue interview? Recently? Yeah. No. It's it's interesting. She talks about why she wasn't uh, political during the 2016 yeah. election. Oh, that's interesting. I will um, read that. Yeah. Um, and, like... I'm kind of 50-50 on what she said, but, like... Ooh, I will look into her, it. Yeah, I, I'll avoid spoilers. Anyway, let's let's keep moving right along. All right. Your next track is Blind Pilot. I don't know how to say this. Oviedo? I, I also Obvito? don't know how to say this. I don't think the word is mentioned in the song. Um, well, let's, let's listen to it a little <laughs> bit right now. It's quicker than you think The way in some jet lag bar The pour in the wine over their heads and sit back down again four times is once too much for all love right, so tell me a little bit about this one um so this is off of one of my all-time favorite albums um by blind pilot three rounds and a sound it's their debut album and um you know i found out about them because they were a free single of the week on itunes back in the good old seventh grade and um then loved the single discovered the album this is the first song so obviously it's like you know you're getting it's 2007 and you're getting introduced to new music only really through this cd that you were able to just get um or your friend burns you a copy or whatever right um exactly so you know this is the beginning of when i started to like fall in love with indie music and so it's just it's a beautiful song it's um like it's very emotional and it's pretty and his voice is beautiful and i mean i've seen them I've actually seen them in three distinctly different periods of my life, which has been really interesting. That's um, always fun. Yeah. And, I mean, the first time I saw them was still by far the most powerful um, because it, it was, like, a really small show in Boulder, Colorado, and everyone was, like, the audience was, like, respectful to the band, whereas, like, I saw them in New York City a couple of years ago, and people were talking through the whole yeah, concert. you told me about that. Yeah, and it's, like... <laughs> It's interesting to see the contrast there, but it's a beautiful song. I think it's a pretty opener, and it's from one of my favorite albums. Um, here's a fun fact. I Tell always me. confuse them with the band Banner Pilot, um, who I are a punk them. band. Oh, that's really funny. Very different sounding, <laughs> um, which I was kind of expecting when I played this, <laughs> and I was like, this this isn't like that band like, that I've listened to sometimes. This so, sweet, melodic um, song. <laughs> but I, I really like this. It's simple sounding, which yeah. I, I tend to enjoy. Um, it's a little bit about drinking, yeah. um, and it's kind of a love song. I love the lyric, make music with the chatter, whisper all the notes in my ears. I think yes. that's a very cute, lovely line. It's but a yeah. lovely sentiment, and it's a lovely image to be in that, you know, when you're in a huge room full of people and the only person that matters is the one next to you. I think celebrating yeah. that is, like, the sweetest thing ever. Yeah, and it's it's a bold move to start an album with a song that's this, like, sugary sweet in the yeah. sense that, like, you, you know, a lot of albums have love songs. They're the whole albums that are about romances, but, like, right. you usually don't start with a very solid love song, which yeah. I think is cool. And this is definitely not the most sappy song on the album, so maybe just oh, really? in contrast. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'll have to give the rest of the album a listen. Yeah. When I'm out hitting mics today. Um, anyway, do you have anything else you want to say about 
I mean, not really. It's a pretty song. I think it sets up the album well. Um, Like I said, for me, it's one of the first indie albums I fell in love with, and that's important. (laughs) Cool. All right. Moving right along, my next pick was The Hotel Years, an introduction to the album from Home Like No Place There Is. Let's listen to that quick. All right, cool. Hotel year. Uh, you you just sighed. So I guess this is where it started to become a struggle. Yeah, what, so go ahead. at yeah, first I'll let listen, I skipped this song like 20 seconds in, and then I knew that I was obligated to listen to the full song eventually. Why did you skip it 20 seconds? Because it is annoying. Really? Yes. Oh, fuck. So I really like the title of this song. I like a good, like, corny introduction name to an album. Um, I hate pretty much everything about this song and <sighs> i'm so mad what I'm the so fuck's sorry. wrong with you i know this and is, so like he has a really obnoxious this is where our voice. friendship ended. i know oh yeah. god you know 25 years later um yeah so his voice is really obnoxious and i i too listen to obnoxious sounding musicians and yeah. we have a few in common but this oh uh, just wait till we get later on in your playlist i got oh, things to you say have, yeah but that's not surprising we'll, um yeah yeah, and so I feel like it's kind of hypocritical for me to be like, he's a really annoying singer because I feel like I could easily, someone could easily be like, oh, this sounds like something you'd listen to, but um, it just... This, this isn't where I expected this to, <laughs> to be where at the moment, although I get, I, I don't know. That's my only comment. Like that's, I just, that's fine. I wish um, I had better things to say. Oh man, this is like a this is like a classic emo revival. It'll like the like community is gonna come after you. Oh god. Um, Sorry. Next Jeff Rosenstock show, they're gonna fucking beat the shit out of you for oh, saying. Oh no. But uh, any. Wear oh, a disguise. I'm I'm so okay. I'm sorry. Well, this is a great song. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I uh, I like this whole album. I think that this is a good way to kick it off and i think that i don't like i don't know what to say after you just tore the whole okay, thing wait but i have more notes on oh, this hold right. on um i like the music outside of his voice i like Fair. that it's a slow build to the start of an album because i think that's really lovely in terms of like album layout it's just very very long that's kind of fair. And um, I really liked the last, like, 20 seconds. The, the, <laughs> I, I think that the fact that, like, it is kind of a simplistic opener for the most part, and then it ends up being this, this catapult into something crazy intense is what makes it such an effective opener. And I think the fact that Christ, Christian Holden, their lead vocalist, is he's a very visual songwriter, and I like... I, I love his lyrics, and I think that that's part of what makes it. And mm. I can see why someone wouldn't like their his voice, but also, like, you know, I, I also see that with a lot of musicians I like, so I don't right. really, like, read into that as much. But I also think that maybe... Uh, I, I want to say listen to the whole album, but I feel like I you're might. not going to. <laughs> I wanted to do that in preparation just to listen to each album to see how the song fit in. But that's a lot of work. That was a lot of homework. Um, but but I think that I think that if you listen to the whole album, this does it sets the scene and it closes with the line. You know, I wanted to create some. I had the chance to create something beautiful, and I choked. And this is I like that. this is an album about failure a lot, and I think that it's an album about trying not to fail and coping with the decisions that you've made. And I think that this kind of like 
shows the isolation you often mm. feel with a lot of that. And I think that right. that's kind of where that takes you. And I also love the moment right before it builds where he screams, fuck. And I'm like, that's amazing, you know, but yeah. I do. I like that. Yeah. I, I liked, Listen to the whole album. I liked when he was like yelling more than singing. That did it for me a lot more. You got to get to life and drag. Life and drag, he's just screaming. See, then maybe that's <laughs> the song for me. But uh, <laughs> anyway, let's right. let's move on before you hurt my feelings more to La Luz, Sure is Spring. Yeah. Listen, uh, let's listen to that real I, yeah <laughs> band i discovered as like an opener at another concert um and just totally fell in love with it's girly surf rock i wrote dreamy surf rock yeah it's i didn't realize it was electronic but it's a little electronic i mean they're just like a little rock and roll band it's like three girls in a band and um you know i just think it's a i think it's a good opener i think it's fast paced i think it's short i like a short opener other than a really long one um and it's a fun song. We've always been obsessed with like surf rock and surf, cu- surf culture. So um, this totally falls into that little box for me. Um, this is where I start to have problems with you. <laughs> but, but mainly because like th- this is totally ex- personal experience versus like anything <laughs> that you could have controlled. But like th- this was kind of a song I didn't really think much of. I, you know, yeah. it. There cool isn't a song lot to think about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when I was sitting on the train coming here today and listening to it, I think, it, I don't know if it was my headphones or the streaming service or whatever, but it just kept, like, sounding, like, glitchy and breaking up. And, oh, like, I was kind of, like, I just got frustrated. And I'm, like, fuck this song. <laughs> I hate it. I never, like, so, yeah. But, that again, that's nothing yeah. that could be controlled. But, yeah, I just wrote that it's dreamy surf rock. I, yeah, yeah, there isn't a lot to say about it, honestly. But it's a really cute yeah. opener. It it works, you know, yeah. and it's cool for what it is. Um, All right. Let's go into my next pick, which is Never Been Wrong by Waxahachie. Uh, let's listen to that really quick. <laughs> I've uh, I've seen them a handful of times. I think Katie Crutchfield is a great vocalist and lyricist. Yeah. I think that I feel like she's kind of like a seventies rock singer, like making emo music. D- yes. Which a lot I of agree with the, that completely. A lot of the female fronted emo bands I like are kind of like that. So what what did you think of this? Um, I mean I liked the song. I like the lyrics a lot. Um yeah, I that think was that that's the most powerful aspect and totally. Yeah. Um, and then, like, in terms of the sound of the song, it sounds like what would show up on my, like, Discover Weekly playlist because it fits pretty yeah. well in. I also, But I think it's a song that I would, like, listen to and enjoy, but not necessarily add to another playlist. Um, but, yeah, the lyrics were really great. That was the standout part yeah. for me. I, I like that it's a, it's a breakup song, but it's an angry mm-hmm. breakup. I, I, I could always go for a good angry breakup song. I agree. And I love that you walk around like it's your God-given right, uh, but you've never been wrong. Yeah, I love it. The, the lyrics are 
killer. You walk around like it's your God-given right, and you're always right. You've never been wrong. That's the, yeah, that's the whole line. Uh, but it's so... I, I think that Katie Crutchfield writes these great breakup songs. I My favorite Waxahachie albums are this one and the first one, okay. which they're both just straight up. The first one's more sad. This one's also very sad all the way through. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she's, she's just very good at putting into words the sort of anger that you end up having when you're having a fight with your partner. And, you're, yeah. you know, I like, uh, you know... Not to air my dirty laundry on my podcast about my girlfriend that's not here. <laughs> but, like, you know, me and my girlfriend got into a, a fight a couple of weeks ago while we were on vacation. And, like, I, I ended up thinking, like, oh, well, you've never been, you know, like, it's sarcastic and snarky, but, like, very powerful. And, like, I don't know, it's punky. I like a good, like, breakup or, like, angry relationship song that, like, you can just relate to because you've totally felt that shit and you're, like, yeah, you know what? I do feel that way. I don't maybe feel that way today, but I did feel that way three weeks ago. Exactly. Like, I like yeah. that. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of songs about relationships in general. Like, I like a good, like, simple lyric storytelling, not, like, super meta. Since I'm in a relationship I'm pretty happy about right now, I'm, I always feel bad when I like, like, breakup songs or, like, I angry totally relationship songs. I'm like, like, <laughs> an album just came out yesterday called okay. Breakup Season, and it's amazing. I love it. It's by a band called Future Teens. I had an advance of it, so I oh, had cool. it playing before that. But, like, it's so good, and I'm like, oh, this is fucking awesome. I'm like, I, I you know, I'm kind of, like, rooting for Shannon to dump me so I could bask in it. That's a joke. Uh, don't, you know. She, Shannon, she, he loves you. Yeah, she'll, this this comes out the day before I go to see her, so. No, uh, I feel that way, though, because, like, we've both talked about this. We're both in long-distance relationships, and we're both really happy in them, but we do both, like, really sad, angry music, and, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't feel this way at all, but, like, damn, this song is really good. Exactly. Yeah. So. But yeah, let's let's move along. Cause right, this this we? next one is also sad. Death Cab for Cutie, steadier oh. footing from the photo album. Let's yeah. listen to that now. All of our friends were here. They all have <laughs> gone home. All right. Um. So I love this song and I love this band. Yeah. And, you know, I know that they're like the most mainstream. Have we only seen Death Cab together once? We have only seen Death Cab together once. We yes. saw them on the same tour this year, right? Yes. but different dates. Okay, cool. Um, I've seen them four times. I've seen them three. Yeah, so, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen Ben Gibbard on his own, and I've seen the Postal Service twice. So I, I'm a I'm a diehard fan for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like I like a lot of their opening songs in general. Um, and this song in particular is my one of my all time favorite songs of theirs. Which is kind of lame because it only has Ben Gibbard on it. It doesn't have the rest of the band, so I kind of feel like that's bullshit. But um, it's a storytelling song, and I love it. It's simple. It's relatable. I've always liked about them that their stories in their songs are very specific. Like, it's like, I once went to this party, and this happened. And, like, you may not have had that exact experience, but you felt the exact same shit. And I love that about them. This song made me think of... Because, like, I... I'm a Death Cab for Cutie fan, but I'm not at nearly as big a fan as you are, so I hadn't yeah. listened to this song. Oh, really? Um, really, yeah. Oh. I don't know. I think the only albums I've listened... I may have only listened to, like, uh, Transatlanticism all the way through. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, or, like, when they have new stuff come out, I listen to it all the way through. But, right. like, but this know. is a really old but album. Yeah. So, like, I... 
I hadn't listened to this song, and like it reminded me a lot of uh, like coming home, like the night before Thanksgiving, and like being okay. out with friends, and like a, being out with friends from high school, and like feeling things you used to feel, but like also like being drunk and like not necessarily like knowing things, and like you know maybe you saw like someone that like had a crush on in high right. school or dated or something, and you're like, how do I reckon with this? And this is all just that straight up reckoning, and like, but also kind of about feeling paralyzed and stuck, and yeah, like, totally. yeah. So um, I mean, that hard. leads into like my favorite line in the song where it's like I let you bum a smoke but you quit yes. this winter's past um, and I think like I, I don't know I think that there's so much symbolism in relationships and you know you see like oh my god that's the brand of cigarettes that my ex-boyfriend used to smoke and like all of a sudden you're like wow I am in a different year yeah um, and I think that like that and especially or when you see someone and you're like wait you don't live at that house anymore or you cut your hair, or, like yeah. you changed your glasses or whatever. I think it's always like really funny because it makes you like really see time rather than feel it. Yeah. Because also like just like even like when you talk to someone and, you know, you're like, oh, you, you know, oh, I had this where like I was talking to friends from high school and I. Uh, I was talking to a friend about Lincoln Park. This was now like two years ago okay. or something. Um, <laughs> and he said, oh, yeah, you know, like, it, I remember when we were like young, young, he was like, oh, yeah, Lincoln Park's like my favorite band. They, and they were. He, he really loved Lincoln Park. And then we started talking about them. And then he was like, you know, I said I liked Lincoln Park to fit. And I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> I love him, you know, but I'm also like, what the fuck are you talking about? Oh my God. But like, you know, one of those things where like you see people change, you right, know, totally. after a long passage of time. So fun stuff like that. Um, right. Let's let's go into my next pick, which is Ball Game by Kevin Devine uh, from the album Make the Clocks Move. Let's listen to that quick. difficult um yeah kevin devine i've seen kevin devine a handful i maybe twice i don't know i yeah. saw him when he played in brand new also which right. kind of counts but not really um <laughs> but yeah uh you have never listened to kevin devine solo stuff right um like not explicitly Actively. yeah but um, you like bad books a lot i do i really like kevin devine's okay. band with andy hall right and i really like bad books but i think i really liked bad books for like two months of 2017 and like that's where bad books lives right and i still have the album downloaded on my uh phone and you know it i sometimes listen to it and then i'm like this was this was a different phase um but you've talked to me about this song before yes and i've thought that um like so i recognized the lyrics which is kind right. of funny to recognize I, I almost didn't i almost made a note of this to listen to a live version because oh he has this on a live album which i almost included but that's not technically the first song um but he admittedly I feel like it still counts it kind of does. I like the song better now. The version you probably listen to, I, I like, I enjoy, I but it's not, you to. probably just listen to the standard album version from Make the Clocks Move, I assume. I don't know. Let's um, see. I'll tell you right now. But 
Admittedly, I think if you're going to listen to the version that I like best, he has one from... I did listen to Make yep, From St. Pancras, Pancras, I don't what? know how to pronounce it, Church in England. Okay. Um, that's great. But uh, yeah, so... What what so you kind of had familiarity with this song, right? Before. So I oddly had familiarity with the lyrics, but not anything else. Right. Um, I loved it. Like it's That's a cool. it's on my starred list of tracks. It was the first. first was it? No, I really like the Kanye song, but it was like you know the second song I like really enjoyed. Um, it kind of drags on a bit. Like I have to say, like my one complaint was you that, might like, hate the live version then because um, he adds a verse. No, it drags on a bit as an opener. Like yeah. I'm fine with a long song. I listen to some, which is why it's in the middle of my ones. playlist. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, but I did like the way he talks about like when you realize it's a pattern and not a phase. I think yeah. that's like a fascinating way to start an album. What's, because what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, what's what's more interesting about the way he's changed it now? Where he he still keeps that lyric, but n- he doesn't drink, he doesn't do drugs anymore. Mm. So he he doesn't. The opening line is "A good man doesn't drink," and I've been drinking alone. He changes right. it to "I was drinking alone." It's a, very often in the past tense, and he changes his lyrics a lot oh, now. Oh, so that's fascinating. Which, yeah, because so there's this Ben Gibbard. Uh, live album or not album it's like an NPR recording that I listen to a lot and he talks about how he he's writing a song about going gray and how he's now starting to get gray hair and how he's gonna continue to sing it the exact same way even when he has a full head of gray hair even though it's gonna look ridiculous because he feels like really passionate about right artists not changing the lyrics and like that's the first introduction to that entire concept that I've ever had. So now I like kind of oddly have this agreeance with him only out of conditioning. <laughs> I, I think it depends on the, I think it depends on the song and the artist admittedly yeah. too. I, um, there's a live video of the lead singer of the Wonder Years filling in a show. Uh, he was filling in for the lead singer of a band called I Call Fives. Okay. And they have, a line in one of their songs where they say you'd get down on your knees for the first guy you see. He doesn't sing that line. Um, I think because he's decided I don't like the implications of that line. And I think that when artists delete or change lyrics live, because you grow and you change as a person. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, what do you think about like when we've seen Green Day together, when uh, like Billy Joe sings a line about a specific place, he'll often change it to like where he is. Or okay. is that just pandering? No, yeah, that's just pandering. That doesn't okay. bother me at all. <laughs> and I think like, I mean, I feel really passionately about concerts, uh, like the the band playing to the audience. Right. Like it really frustrates me when it's like a band, they go up on stage and they play some songs and they go home and they're like, thanks guys. It's like, all right, well like, I could have had most of this experience just listening. in my headphones. Yeah. Um, or watching on YouTube. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I think, like, when a band, like, changes... So Ezra Furman does that, too. He has a song where it's, like, it's, like, February 2nd, 2017, or something like that, and he changes it to, like, whatever the date of the concert is. And, like, I just... I feel like that part isn't that important, unless the okay. song was about, like... You know, if you were writing about right. an event, like, oh, the Millennium, or whatever, like... The other thing I like, too, is, like, if I see an artist and they sing about a specific place... And the song happens to mention it, and that's where I'm seeing them. That's where I'm like, oh, this oh, is great. I like but that too. Yeah, because yeah. like you'll see people like I've seen the Menzingers, and when they sing from a rooftop in Brooklyn, and I've seen them play that in Brooklyn, and people cheer at that right, line specifically. Right. I love that. But yeah, um, but I don't know. I kind of 
I like in this song because it's very autobiographical mm-hmm. and he changes a lot of things where he talks about like his brother's friends going to war. Uh, yeah. it, you know, it, at the time it was just one friend where he's like, you know, they're uh, where he's like a war starting soon. And now he's like, there are 10 wars going on and the flags are still waving. Yeah. I also like feel that. if a song is like your memoir, like you have the right to do whatever yeah. the fuck you want to it. So, um, but yeah, so yeah. yeah, I, I, I do find this song very relatable often, and yeah, I also I, think it's good driving music, which is yeah. huge for me in terms of a full album, even though I don't drive anymore. But this is something I like listening to on like a rainy day, and like I'm, I'm feeling sorry for myself, <laughs> and like maybe I'm a little hungover, and <laughs> you know, I'm like, and I would used to drink those thoughts away. Um, but anyway, let's right. let's move on to something that I think is more joyful. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotels, King of Carrot Flowers, part one. Let's listen to that really quick. When you were young, you were the king of carrot flowers. And how you built the um, So this is a song about Jeff Magnum wanting to have sex with Anne Frank. Yeah, so... This whole album is really out there, and I do enjoy... It's a classic. ...a weird, you know, storytelling-y album where all the songs blend into each other, and I love that shit. And I'm super late to the game on Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, I Like, one of my good friends in high school, he was, like, obsessed with them, and I never really gave him a clear shot. And I discovered them, like... Uh, not discovered. I mean, I knew who they were, but, you know, really gave them an honest listen, like, a few years back. And then... So this album I really like... Um, this song is really out there and there's like a lot of weird storytelling aspects to it and that's great and all um what's good is that this is part one because when it fades into part two the first part is just like him like screaming like i love you jesus christ many times over yes um i'm listening i just have to send an email no you're good (laughs) um casual work moment it's okay i dragged you to work before this podcast um so yeah that's pretty much like I, I liked that this song kind of like ends before it goes into that because then it gets like a lot deeper and heavier, but um, it's a great opener. It's happy. It's jumpy. I And this I album, like even though it, you know, it's, it's an album that very much dwells a lot on the Anne Frank topic. I do think that there's a right. lot of joy in it, which is a little, it's a weird, like... It, it's a weird contrast with how bouncy and fun a lot of this album is. I kind of um, like that, though. Like, I like it when, like, on... I mean, kind of like your one of the other uh, episodes of this podcast you did, like, songs that sound happy but are sad. It's, like, I think that's interesting. Like, I like... Um, I like it the opposite way, too, when the song sounds, like, really sad, and you're like, no, 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 it's okay. It's a happy song. Yes, sorry. No, I sent good. that email. Um, right, I can done. I can like hear myself and you talking to fill airtime and I, okay. I like that, but yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I I feel like Neutral Milk Hotel will come up a lot throughout this podcast's life because really? this because I think that this is a versatile album. I think you have songs like Night Holland nineteen forty five or um like uh like communist daughter mm-hmm. drew a blank there <laughs> i was gonna be like semen stains the mountaintops what's that one yeah but and i think that this uh i once heard this song described as the call me ishmael of indie rock interesting does that 
doesn't really mean a lot to me. Call Me Ishmael is the uh, opening line of Moby Dick. Right. So. But, like, still? I kind of think it is to some extent. In the sense that, like, it, like, opens the door. I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess it does. I mean, what year did this album come out? Uh, I believe the late 90s. Maybe mid-90s. Then, okay. So. I could get on board with that. Just kind of in the, uh, granted, granted, there are other classic indie rock albums that came before it and after it. I just think, I think that this might be hard to think of as because, excuse me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like, I've been turning my mic off when I have to burp and like that one, I couldn't, couldn't. save. Um, but I, I feel like because this album gets parodied and made fun of a lot, it's. See, I feel like I haven't seen any of that. It, it was a specific time in the internet. And, like, now it doesn't really. See, that's funny, because I feel like I miss a lot of, like, internet trends. Um, right. A lot of times, like, I have, like if I see a meme enough times that I don't understand, I, like, have to send it to my boyfriend and be like... What is this meme? Right. Well, I was like, what's up with this chicken sandwich at Popeye's? And he's like, it's a chicken sandwich. And I was like, oh. People the internet was telling, a lot yeah. me, telling me a lot about it, and I thought there was something uh, I was missing. Um... You should listen to um, the podcast Reply All. Um, beca- partially you told be- me about that, yeah. Partially because I think it appeals to things that you, the style podcast that you just told me you like, which is not like this at all. <laughs> um, but it, uh, they, they do a segment called Yes, Yes, No, where they kind of take like random things from the internet, mainly like memes, and like the two hosts try to explain it to the other host or oh, like I figure out. And it's, it's a fun listen. And like sometimes, sometimes they have to do like crazy research where they're like, we don't actually know what any of this is, but. Yeah, I felt yeah. that way with the like um, ramen noodle. Uh, Justin Timberlake meme from back in April. <laughs> because his hair looks yeah, like... Yeah, well, like, that really went over my head. Um, but anyhow. You're, you're the only person that that happened. I know. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I have no idea about this internet thing you're telling me about with Neutral Milk Hotel. Um, I, I feel like that was, like, the early 2010s. So, like, don't don't worry about it too much. Okay, I'm not going to stress. Um, but um, let's go into my All next right, pick. All right, let's do it. Uh, Greenlight by Lord. Let's uh-huh. listen to it for a little bit. I know about what you did and I want to scream the truth She thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar Well, those great whites, they have big teeth Oh, they bite you Opening track from Lord's, uh, fuck, now I forgot the title Melodrama? Melodrama, yeah, I don't know I should write the titles everywhere, but I don't. It um, happens. But yeah, Melodrama by Lord. Uh, possibly the best album from 2017. Um, so, in, I, in a critical sense, yeah, not I think like, like. It had a lot of good acclaim, and I like, I love Lord's first album. I have listened to it quite possibly to death. Um, and I listened to Melodrama, and I gave it a few listens, and it totally didn't click. And now oh. I feel that I need to like revisit, revisit um, because I love this song and I didn't know this was by her because again, I live yeah. under a rock some days. Um, and I love this song cause it's in a really great part of new girl where like a lot of really good things are coming together with characters I like. Um, and that makes me also love it more. Um, but yeah, I feel that I really need to give melodrama a fair chance because this is a lovely a song. It's it's really good. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, Jack Antonoff co-wrote a lot of it. And oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. I didn't and know that. Like, 
uh, there's been some talk that Jack Antonoff is kind of sickeningly cloyed to pop music today, but I, I think he's just a good songwriter. Yeah. Um, and I think that this song is really effective. It's a, Again, it's a good breakup song. It's a good post-breakup song where it's not so much like angry... It's just kind of lingering, but it's and also it's kind of empowering and yeah. fun. Yeah, I, lo- I love this song. And I like I like the way that it's kind of bare bones piano, but also incredibly. I don't want to say complex, but maybe it, it maybe it is complex. It like just dance pop music, and like this right. is sort of the style of pop music that I like. It kind of bears a lot of resemblance to like Carly Rae Jepsen, right. and uh, I can't think of someone else right now. But you know that sort of sound is great. So, yeah. and I think that I think that this whole album is good, and. I needed something that transitioned good from acoustic guitar into more electronic <laughs> music. So having a piano that. intro, I feel, is very good. And I think I think that Lord has a great voice. And apparently she has, I think it's synesthesia, um, which is when you experience different senses within senses. So like she sees oh. sound as colors, which I think is part of the reason why this is called green light. Oh, that's cool. Which it's it's just a I don't know. I feel like I want to see Lord live at some point. I do and too. I wanted to see her on the most recent tour because she had Mitski and Run the Jewels opening, which is like three wow. incredibly different artists but I love that, stacked in my favor as artists yeah. that I love. And uh, I think that Lord would put on a great show, and I think I'd get super emotional. And also at that show, Jack Antonoff came out and they covered uh, New York by Saint Vincent which oh, that's is a cool. song that also hits me in the dick. So, <laughs> um, But yeah. That would make you cry. So yeah, revisit um, this album. It's, it's really I will, good. I will. Writer in the Dark is a fucking jam. And like okay. that one, that, that's like a good, like almost bitter breakup song. Like we said before, we both enjoy a good exactly. breakup song. Um, so your next pick is Stealth Olvang Mornings. Yes. Talk a, uh, let's listen to that. Okay. Um, so Is this a country song? This is not a country song. I said it's kind of a country song. It's Mainly um, because I know you don't like country. <laughs> it is. Okay, so it's definitely more on the folk. So Stealth Olving yeah. is a member of the Lumineers. Okay, cool. Um, which leads into the whole, like, falling on the country folk end of the spectrum. And I do, as I've gotten older, I've allowed more of the, like, country to seep into the folk music rather right. than the indie seeping There's into the folk music. There's a lot of good music. country music and just unfair. Yes, you were unfair is. to I the hotelier. You're unfair to country unfair music. To <laughs> you know. Um, so anyway, so still moving. I saw him. My friend kind of like dragged me to this really weird show that was at a small um, movie theater in my college town, um, which was described as performing in a train car um, by both artists who were there. So that's kind of how I discovered him. And were they? They weren't in a train. No, car, we were though. in a very small movie theater. That's weird. Yeah, I, it was like I guess a I could very kind of see the size. Room. Yeah. Um, and Nick Jana, who is another member of the Lumineers, was the first performer, and he's like, he was performing, and then had like video stuff, and also like wrote a book and was reading excerpts, and then Stealth Ulving came on after, and he's just like 
plays like indie folk and um, his wife is a like violinist fiddler and they perform together and it's just like super lovely. So anyways, so I saw him there. I saw him in New York uh, about a year ago, which was also really nice. Um, but anyways, but this song, I, so I love this album um, as a whole. It's his second album and um, I thought it wasn't going to live up to his first album and it surpassed it in my opinion. Um, and it's just, it, it's an easy start to the album, which does have a lot of complexities. Um, I think this is a really good commuting song for when you're like, I don't want to fucking go to work. But you're also really exhausted, so you don't want to listen to like angry, heavy music. And right. it kind of like chills you out. And then the rest of the album's really good. So I feel I have a lot of good thoughts on so Small Little Bang. I wrote that this is kind of a song that depicts ennui. Okay. Um, which... I think is fitting because after I wrote that, I looked at the album title and saw that it was called American Boredom, yeah, uh, which really kind of fits. Uh, <laughs> but when I tried to find lyrics for this song, I couldn't. Why not? I don't know. I, I oh. typed it in. I, you know, I really tried. I wasn't like. <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> it's not weird. like it's it's no fault of mine. I couldn't find lyrics. I I typed it. I typed in Stealth Olvang Mornings and like I went to some page, but it just like brought me to like places I could hear the song, and I'm like, this isn't oh, what I want. Oh, that's so but, weird. Yeah, it's it, it was hard to find lyrics. So like I don't have like specific lyrical phrases, but I like this. It was nice. You know, like you said, you go to work. You know, you're kind of like bored with life. You know, and you're like, you know, it chills you out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tend to like songs that when I drive to work, I want to cry. Um, I've heard that somewhere, yes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shout out to Frankie Becerra. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's a good song. I, I kind of think that this does veer a little bit closer to country it than does. it does to folk, which I'm okay with. Um, I was surprised you were um, <laughs> because you're classist and hate oh country music. That's um, not why I hate country music. Um, I, I know. It's just because you hate poor people. Oh, my you God. Know? Yeah, okay. You want people to throw away their clothes. Oh, you know, yeah. Burn Clothing them. isn't garbage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so much hate. Joking, all joking. I don't want you to get fired. Thank you. I don't want you to like post this in your bosses. Like I, you said, you want to. Your friend said you want to throw away clothing. No, I'm no, I'm the I current know. trash queen. Just but um, piling up used clothes everywhere yeah. I go. No, I think I think that it's interesting that this is the guy from the Lumineers. Yeah. You know, that it, like I kind of wish I'd singer. He's like a instrument. Yeah, person. but. I don't know because when I think when I think of the Lumineers, I think of like hyper basic folk music. Like I think of Mumford and Sons. Yeah, they which, fall into that category. Yeah. So, uh, like, I'm kind of glad you didn't tell me that beforehand, though, because like Good. I would have decided that I don't like this. All right. Well, I'm glad I was able to move past your exact. judgments. Oh, I'm I'm all judgment, <laughs> all judgment, baby. All I do is decide anyway. All right. Let's move forward. Uh, classic rock portion of the show. My next pick is Queen, Radio Gaga. Let's listen to a little bit of it quick. Anyway, Queen, Radio Gaga, classic Queen song. Uh, Lady Gaga took her name from it. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so I, I was worried that... Uh, there was a part of me that was worried when you said that you struggled with my playlist, that this is where it was going to start. This is not where it started. I, I know. I'm not a big Queen person, which is, you know, 
frowned upon in the classic rock community. And, I didn't uh, know that. So. It's just, I, so I'm not an 80s person at all. Queen started in the 70s. Right. But they like, <laughs> I know. They, they, they live in the 80s. And I think, again, going back to the fact that I don't, I, li- I haven't listened to a lot of classic rock albums in their album order. What this do you was, mean? Like, so, I mean, I do own Me- classic rock meaning albums. Meaning you, you don't sit and listen from. I do I, now, but that's not how I discovered them. Like, right. All okay. the songs I know from Queen are probably from some fucking compilation CD that was in my mom's car. Yeah. You know what I mean? The um, version of this song that. Oh, never mind. I was going to say the version that I put on my playlist, I think, was from the Greatest Hits album, but then I realized it wasn't. Um. That's fine. Yeah, but exactly. So, like, I mean, it is a Greatest Hits song. I know this song. It's good. I mean, I'm not going to hate on Queen because, like, Queen's amazing. Yeah. Um, But they're not super for me. It's a little monotonous for an opener, I think. Really? I I can kind of see that. I don't think it's the type of grand scale opener that you would expect from Queen. But I also think that, like, I still think that it's a good song just because it's it's different. It's not like it's not We Will Rock You or Seven Seas of Rye or Bohemian Rhapsody. It's right. it's it's much more in line with what you would expect from like a pop song. And Yes, totally. Which is why it follows the Lord song in this. Um, it makes sense in progression for sure. But it's uh, one of the things I realized while listening to this, I had never paid attention to the lyrics. Um, oh, where it, it is just an ode to listening to the radio. But it's also kind of Freddie Mercury saying, like, uh, all the music today sucks, <laughs> and we're queen, and we're here, which, like, I'm not crazy about that outlook. Also, yeah. Freddie Mercury didn't write this. Roger Taylor did. But uh, just correcting myself. delivered it. Yeah. yeah. But, like, you know, one of those things where I'm kind of like, okay, not crazy about this message, but it's still solid. And I, I think yeah. that there is something to be said for finding songs on the radio, which I don't do anymore. No, I mean, me neither. I mean, unless you count, like, Pandora as the radio, which I don't think anyone does. Kind of is, but not really. Right. I, I like, I don't even know how I discover new stuff. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you see Bohemian Rhapsody? Not yet. Uh, It sucks. Don't watch it. I watched it on my flight back from Switzerland. That's, like, uh, not what I've heard from everyone else I know. Everyone everyone really likes it, and I see why, but it's it's bad. From a critical perspective, (laughs) it's bad, and I didn't like it. Noted. Anyway. All right. Let's move right along to Franz Ferdinand, Always Ascending. Let's give a little bit of a listen to that right now. Franz Ferdinand. You wrote about this record for BurgerAday.com. Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah, I, I pulled up your review. And oh. Because I, I was like, I feel like she said, I feel like this was an album you wrote negative things about, but you didn't. No. That, um, yeah, that was, this is an album I adore, actually. Yeah. But wait, I want to hear your thoughts on it first. Um, so it's very indie rock. I said it's very like mid 2000s indie rock, in my opinion. Even though it's a 2018 um, album. I wrote, um, I originally wrote, why do all the indie rock bands need to make us dance? But then I realized that <laughs> Franz Ferdinand's most popular song is Take Me Out, which is just like a, a dance rock song. Yeah, and also the, the point of reference that I put as something that's 
sounds like this is LCD Sound System, which is mm-hmm. also just a band designed to make people dance. Yeah, so, it does have an LCD Sound System vibe for um, sure. But yeah, I I like the way it opens. I don't like the way it plays out. It, it if that makes sense, it drags. I yeah, I'm not gonna lie when about that. I think that when it first comes on, I'm like, okay, this is cool, and then like I'm about like a minute in, and I'm like, okay, okay. I'm not crazy about this anymore. Yeah, so. no, I totally get that, and it's like, um, I, I really like it because I think it's a great song for listening to on the train, which I believe I wrote in that review. I um, think you did. You said it's like a commuting song. It is. It's a commuting song. It's like you're kind of just like, like you're going, and it like it builds and it builds and it builds, and it, it it gets really ridiculous. And I think it's a great opener to the album. Like honestly, um, their album preceding this, at first listen, I like really had nothing good to say about it, and so when I they released an, another album. I was like, oh, I hope I like this on first listen. And I ended up like adoring the album and I've seen them do the album live. And it was, it's kind of one of those where, you know, when you go see a band and they play a lot from their new album because they're really into it and you're kind of like, man, I really just wanted to hear that one weird song from yeah. your first album. Like I felt the opposite in this case where okay, like I, cool. this album is, it sounds a lot like them while still being new. Um, I don't know. I, I, I just think it's a good opener. It, like it's a, it drags. I'm not going to yes. lie about that. <laughs> but it it sets the stage for the rest of the album really nicely. And that's cool. That's fair. You know, I, yeah. I, I think that it's solid as an opener. Um, right. Besides the fact that it kind of drags. But you I could also... You use a radio edit for sure. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I thought it was fine. You know, like I said, it reminded me of LCD Sound System. Yeah. Granted, I just put on LCD Sound System after listening. Where I'm like, okay, cool. Let's put on Dance Myself Clean. You yeah. Know? But, like, yeah. So, but... Cool stuff. All right. Anyway, moving right along. Uh, my next pick was Led Zeppelin. The song remains the same from Houses of the Holy. Let's listen to that now. Led Zeppelin um, used to be my favorite band. Really? Yeah. Um, Led Zeppelin is my mom's favorite band. My um, dad's favorite band. That makes so, sense. Yeah. They're friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only thing I wrote down um, for this song was I love Zepp. Which is fair. And that's there's, how I feel about this song. There's not a whole lot to say about this. It's, it's a great song. It's a great song. It's a it's a pretty, so, you know, I I go back and forth whether or not it's a good opener or if I it feels more like well. a middle track, which is why it's where it is. Um but yeah, I don't know. There, there's not a whole lot to say about Led Zeppelin that hasn't already been said. I don't think that this is necessarily one of Zeppelin's best songs, but it's not, you know, that's not a knock again. It's hard for them to do wrong. Yeah, I mean, there, I, I have nothing bad to ever say about Led Zeppelin, including in this moment. Um, I sometimes, I, I, the bad thing about it to say about Led Zeppelin is Greta Van Fleet. I see you watching me with my pen. I did. Um, um but yeah, Greta Why? Van Fleet. Have you listened to Gre- Greta Van Fleet? Not really. They're not good. Just oh. don't. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Greta Van Fleet. It, do you know anything about Greta? No. Do you really know nothing about? Yeah, I really know nothing. Oh, they. So they've gotten a lot of traction because they sound like Led Zeppelin. Uh, oh, but really? they're like three, like twenty-year-old kid, four twenty-year-old kids. Um, but like. The problem I have listening to them is I've listened to a lot of bands that, quote, sound like Led Zeppelin. And 
I always end up thinking, like, if I'm going to listen to Led Zeppelin, why don't I just listen to Led Zeppelin? Yeah. Um, read the Pitchfork review of Greta Van Fleet's most recent album. It's okay. scathing. <laughs> it's like, like, there's very few things that are as mean on Pitchfork in recent memory. And also, like, even, I love like... a good mean review on Even, like, lie. when they were on SNL, like, they kind of made fun of them where they were, like, you know... Howlin' Red Moon made sound like a song that the last band that just played <laughs> might have might have been called, but like actually, it's what was screamed at you know like a weekend update sort of thing. But gotcha, yeah, gotcha. Um, but yeah, that's the only bad thing Led Zeppelin's ever done. They influenced Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a major offense yeah. for sure. <laughs> but uh, anyway, let's move right along. Of Montreal, let's relate. Let's listen to that a little bit. Of Montreal. Seen them twice with you. I've got Wait, thoughts. We've seen them twice? Twice. Once at the Knockdown Center. Yeah. And once at Music Hall of Williamsburg. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The only reason I went to the Knockdown Center was because I saw them at Music Hall of Williamsburg with you. They're incredible live. Because I don't think I would have gone out to, to that part of Brooklyn, Queens. Had, yeah, it's, Knockdown Center is I, a beautiful yeah, venue. Great venue the in the worst spot. Um, um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and, like, I'm not an of Montreal fan. I will go to see them because they have a great show. And, yeah. like, I think that their stage show complements their music, which, you know, even if you're not a fan, it's it's a good time. Yeah. Um, I hated the studio version of this song. I've seen really? them do it live twice, yeah. and I really enjoy it live. I hated this. I was, you know, it That's so funny. feels like all the life of is sucked out of it. And well, like that's interesting because you listen to it live first, which it's obviously right. I mean, all of and most of the time is better live. Uh, yeah, but also most of the time when you hear something live, it doesn't have the power to like stick with me. Like, mm. but this song has, and like, admittedly, last time we saw of Montreal, I remember um, we. I really had to use the bathroom, so like I ran to the bathroom. But this was their closing song, oh. so like I watched it from like side stage. That's funny. But yeah, that was a weird night. Um, is what I remember about that yeah. night. But they had really great gender-neutral bathrooms at that venue that were very impressive. It was just a giant room of stalls. Yep. And that. It made me conscious because when I had to use the bathroom, I had to poop. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> So like I was I was shitting next to pretty ladies, <laughs> um, you know, which uh, happen. you know happen you know we all do it you know but I prefer not to do I don't know <laughs> that that's where my real sexism comes in I'm like I don't want to shit in front of a woman <laughs> <laughs> even behind closed doors um that's funny but yeah, yeah talk um, a little bit about this I love this song I like I mean I listened to the studio version before seeing it live so I can see why um that could be an issue yeah. Um, I mean, I, I love of Montreal. They're weird. And, you know, my friend Polly and I used to joke about how, um, you could just string like a line of nouns together and that's probably enough Montreal yeah. song. Um, and they, you know, there's definitely a lot of deeper meaning and all that shit, but mostly they're weird and they're fun and their music is catchy and like, 
they you know they do have a lot of like you know political songs which i enjoy um and like that are very like outright like don't do like fucked up things and be a fucked up person and like i appreciate music that isn't afraid to like call that shit out um but it's fun. It's a great song. This it's is a kind great of a political song. But yeah, it is yeah. a political song. Not like as much as it's, their others, but yeah. It's very like, guys, you know, we're all people. <laughs> right. We're all people. Like, address people by how they want to be addressed yeah. and, like, don't be a dick. And dance about it. Which yeah. I think is a great message. Yeah. And when they do it live, great time. <laughs> <laughs> In the studio, not, not so, so much. much. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I don't know if I ever, like, because this is a song that stuck with me yeah. where, like, the times I've seen them, I'm surprised I didn't, like, be like, oh, I'm going to go check this out right. on its own. And then, like, but yeah. So, I don't know. If they release a live album, I'm, there I'm game for it. But uh, anyway, All right. let's move right along. My penultimate song uh, is the Menzingers good things from the album on the impossible past let's listen to that right now Menzingers I've seen the Menzingers like five times that's amazing um, I'm seeing them for like the sixth time in December Woo-hoo. um very excited. I love the Menzingers. Uh, some of the best shows I've been to. Um, yeah. I have nothing mean to say. You look okay. scared. I, well, because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm kind of like... That, that, that's kind of what I was... Ex- this is another... I don't know. This is After you said you were struggling, I'm like, she hates the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I didn't hate the whole thing. There were just songs know, that really killed me. Um, this was not one of them. Um, I think this is a great length for an opener. I think yeah. it's an exciting opener. Like, I think it's a good song. Like, yeah, I, it like, builds. It builds. It's like... They I open like a lot of shows opener. with this, too. Yeah. Oh, and I like that Which, well. like, you know, it's... Even though this album came out in 2012, sometimes if they're, like on like a second or third leg of an album tour they'll open with this just because which because it's it's a good song it serves its purpose people go fucking crazy for (laughs) this song uh i one of my favorite memories of seeing the menzingers was i saw them at irving plaza on their after the party tour and they like they were doing like two songs that I wasn't crazy about. I'd looked up the set list, so I knew I had, like, two songs to, like, go to the bathroom and get a beer. (laughs) So I went to the bathroom. I went and I bought two PBR Tallboys, and then they played this song, and I tried going into the mosh pit with this, and, like, people were going ape shit, and, like... And you were double-fisting PBR. I was trying to chug it so they were both at, like, halfway, (laughs) so that, like, beer just just wasn't spilling everywhere. Just, like, picturing this, like, moment where you're, like, rushing to drink this PBR. Because I was already, like, a sweaty mess. I already probably had beer spilled on my T-shirt or whatever. (laughs) But, yeah. So, this is... I I don't know. I think that this serves as a great album opener. And I think that, like... The Menzingers kind of do, like, a little bit of, like, a classic rock thing. While still being pretty punky. I agree. And I like... I like Americana. You know, which I kind of like that line where he says, we used to take rides in your American muscle cars. I felt American. Yeah, Um, I like that line. Which I used to not relate to, but now that I'm dating Shannon, who's from Ireland, I feel American a lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's pretty funny. But, uh, yeah. So, I don't know. There's also an acoustic version, an acoustic demo of this song with different lyrics at that bridge that I kind of like more. Oh, my God. Um, When demos have different lyrics. Oh, I love them. 
Oh, yeah, except for the demos are almost always better, I think. Like, Blind Pilot has a demo of uh, this song, Get It Out, and, like, the demo is so good, and then they released the song on, like, whatever the next album was, and I was like, what? what? why did they change the words? Uh, they uh, were better before. So I think it was released as a tape of just, like, acoustic demos for this, where it's... They all have almost the same lyrics, but there are... Um, just slight changes in them yeah. where, you know, where like sometimes it's like these lines just got cut. And I'm like, I see why they got cut with the full band and stuff. It's harder to do that. But with this, that whole American muscle cars thing was changed from when we would take rides in your American muscle cars, I held your smoke, uh, you shared your smokes. Uh, I, Held and I got high while you drank and drove, and like I like that a lot better. Not to endorse drunk driving, but you know, people do it. Uh, a lot of people have, um, and I I kind of like that version a little bit better. Yeah, a little bit more real. Um, and they call back to it later on the album in the title track, but yeah, I kind of I also like the way Greg Barnett goes from a deep baritone to like a yelpy scream. So. I do like that. I, li- but, I mean, uh, any song that has, like, good, like, dynamics, I think is, like, you know, like, I, I don't like them. Like, that was, like, you know, I said I struggled with a lot of the songs on the playlist because a lot of them were more, like, monotonous, like, middle tony. And yeah. I like things that have, like, highs and lows. Yeah. Like, pretty Which this drastically. one starts very soft, explodes, soft right. again, and then, like, it's a big climatic closer. Right, so. exactly. I'm into that. And this is a stronger opener than the closer on this album. So interesting. Recommend checking out the whole thing. All but, right. Um, anyway, your next pick, last pick, and I we'll we'll get into it. <laughs> but um Dollar Signs, the end, which fitting. Let's listen to that really quick. This is the end of my childhood. I just moved into a suburban neighborhood. Fill the recycling. All right. Talk about it. All right. So Dollar Signs is a weird band, and they have like a like it it, it falls on the line of joke songs, which we were actually talking okay. about before this. Um, I kind of see what you mean. Like, they're very, like, they're silly. Like, there's this song, like, on this album that's about, uh, like, wearing your metal shirt to your grandma's birthday and how fucking cool you are because of that okay. or something. So, like, like, they're really silly, but it's about, like, just, like, being punky and living in the world and, you know, trying to decide whether you're going to be, like, angry, sad, or if, like, this is just life. And I like all those things about it. So, it's so ridiculous. But I love this song. Um, I think it's a good opener. I like that it's called The End, and it's the first song. I'm into that. Um, my Classic favorite move. Line, right. And it, like, uh, I think it's corny. I'm into that. Um, my favorite line is like, um, I want to stick it to the man, but it might be kind of tough because I'm the assistant manager. And like, I think that's fucking relatable. Like, I think it's hard right. when you're like, I'm going to fucking fight the system. And you're well, like, but I might be someone's boss. <laughs> so, so you described it as like a joke song to some extent where like, that is kind of like a funny lyric, but also right. one of the things I end up liking in a lot of the songs that I like is having a, having a funny line or right. you know something where like, it's not necessarily a joke. No, and it's you not. can assign meaning to it. My, one of my favorite songs this year is um, 
or last year was a band called Spanish Love Songs. And the opening line to one of their songs is my dad says that I'd probably have more fans if I could learn to sing about some happier shit. And like, right. funny line. Where it's like but funny it's without being a joke. Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's how I feel about Dollar yeah. Signs then, is that they're funny. Like, they say a lot of ridiculous shit, but it's all relatable. Exactly. Um, um, I hated this. It's not I, surprising. I hardcore hated this, uh, mainly because it sounds like the front bottoms, but not as good. Oh, that's funny. Um, it does and it's sound it's like partially his voice. It's partially the acoustic guitars. Um, you probably you're not in a bunch of Facebook groups for a bunch of random bands, right? I think don't think I belong to any Facebook I'm, groups. I'm in a shitload, and I see people post their bands that just sound like other bands <laughs> that I like, and I hate all of them. Which is the Greta Van Fleet problem, right? Right. Which, like, isn't, you know, it's one of the... It, I think what it is is... And Greta Van Fleet does this also. Uh, is they sound like they they can emulate the band that they like without sounding as without hitting the things that actually resonate about those bands um and yeah. that's what i you know there's a band called mccafferty that is the exact same thing okay and like they they started as a front bottoms tribute band which makes sense to oh, some extent but also like i don't know so i you hate them. I it's hate fine. Them. I hate this. I mean, in this song, honestly, I like that it's called the end and it's the first track on the album and I, it provided closure to the playlist. Yeah. Um, so it's funny is that like this song doesn't sound like the rest of the album. So I okay. wonder if that, well, I so feel like I've tried to listen to dollar signs and it just there's, didn't hit me. There's like a third track. I think it's the third track in this album. And it's like, um, it's how I got into them was like, I found that song and it's about, um, that like basically this guy likes this girl and they're dating and whatever and then he's like uh she's basically like stop being so fucking insecure like i'm in love with you like just accept that and like let this happen because you obviously want it to and um it's like all about trying to write a love song but then he's like getting all like weird and insecure and all the shit and like i love that like that's real right um and that's what i like about all their stuff is that it's real it's like it's relatable it's goofy and yeah it does sound kind of like the front bottoms right and I'm not going to, like, dispute that in any yeah. way, for sure. <laughs> but um, I think... I mean, I, yeah. I I like it in on paper where, like, it doesn't, necessi- it doesn't necessarily have to be these poetic, like, ramblings about, like, oh, you know, I'm trying... You know, where he could be, like, I'm trying to be punk, but I'm the assistant manager. I right. r- relate to... I, I was a manager at a country club trying to be punk, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I I get that. But, like, it's also one of those things where I'm kind of, like, I, I, I just, I don't know. It's, like, these guys definitely like The Office, and I hate The Office. Um, I don't like The as, Office either. As a cultural touchstone. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I I think the world would be a better place if The Office didn't exist. That's, that's um, bold. I, I really, I, I, ho- I hope I get death threats from it um, <laughs> i hope people unsubscribe from this pod. if you like the office please unsubscribe don't listen to this podcast and please uh delete yourself from don't do that i was gonna say i was gonna go full dark but the i realized saying delete yourself is also bad uh it is. i don't know all right maybe i should What's lean into it song? my like <laughs> stop digging yourself into yeah, a hole like, help me, help um, me you get out of this hole my last song 
Battery by Metallica from the album Master of Puppets. Let's listen to it right now. Metallica, heavy metal. Uh, I mainly chose this because I wanted to put a heavy metal song on. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I, because I feel like there's not a whole lot of... I guess there is diversity, but I don't know. I would, <laughs> when I was making this, I'm like, I w- uh, I'm like trying to do less of this where I'm like, I need to have a little bit of everything, but like, I also like having yeah, more varied stuff. Just, more interesting for yeah, sure. just to show that I also don't only listen to emo stuff. Um, <laughs> but you also listen to metal. I also listen to metal. Which is just loud emo. Not really, mm. you know. Metallica, new Metallica is pretty emo. Metallica really? post 2000 is a little emo where they're like, oh, you know, we're so sad. And, you know, mm. people say there's a shift from when Metallica stopped writing songs about killing other people and started writing songs about killing themselves. Um, That's definitely which, a, a crux for sure. Yeah. So, um, but I, I like battery. Battery, you know, there's not a whole lot to say. There's not a whole lot to say. It's a sweet intro, like it builds up. Um, what did I write here? Um, oh, it feels formulaic, but like I don't mind that. Like I, that's why it's, I like classic rock. There is a formula to rock and roll, and I think it's effective. It's the most Metallica-sounding Metallica song to be. And I feel like Metallica. You know, I mean, and I feel like we only think that because it's 2019, and we've experienced music that kind of sounds like this, and is influenced by this, and like yeah. some people do things like this. I do think that. Master of Puppets comes after, I think, Ride the Lightning and Kill 'Em All. So I think it's their third album. Okay. So, like, you know, it's not necessarily normal for it to start with, like, an acoustic opening and then have, like, an almost, like, hair metal electric part, but then it's straight thrash. So. Right. Well, and so it's funny because I'm not a Metallica person. Right. Not by any, like, um, like, Right. dislike yeah, but of the classic rock you. that I like it this hasn't clicked uh, they're metal um, what? they're metal let's they fall get, in the same let, category let's get one thing fuck it you, you shit on the hotel year you call Metallica <laughs> classic rock okay, Metallica, they're classic metal <laughs> yeah but I'm you know what I mean it's like okay like girls buy Metallica shirts at Forever 21 like they fall into now that category do. you know well yeah, yeah but that's yeah. what I'm saying is like they're they're intro to metal like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm into that, like, whatever. Like, I'll listen to Metallica. I would never be like, oh, would you turn that Metallica off? Right. But, like, I also wouldn't put it on. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a good song. I think it's, yeah. like, nice and, it, you know. It's funny that you say that they're intro metal because at this point in history they are. But, like, yeah. at a certain point it was not. Well, yeah. But that's yeah. usually how time yeah, progresses. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And we're, I like, do. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean I, people are revolutionary in their yeah. own times. Like, to look at Master of Puppets in 2019, yeah. Like, is it, you know, it, it is a completely different scope than, like, the day it came yeah. out. My mom came with me to see Metallica I in 2012. Uh, not what you would expect from her. You know, of my two parents, not the one you would expect to go to see Metallica. Um, yeah. But uh, she was like, oh, I think I like Metallica because their songs are kind of sing-songy. And, like, she's right. <laughs> um your mom also teaches preschool, so sing song is yeah uh, definitely well, on the. Well, she got there. It, it was the big four of thrash at Yankee Stadium. So oh, like it cool. was Anthrax, Megadeth, Slayer, and Metallica, uh, in that, that order. Fun. So like great show. Uh, 
And but like, if she had gotten there during Slayer, it would have been a total shit show <laughs> because like. Slayer's loud <laughs> and yeah. Slayer's intense. Uh, so yeah, well, and that's what I mean about Metallica being on the more classic rock side of things. Yeah. Is that like you don't have to? I don't think you have Enter to like Sandman metal. Does get played on classic rock radio. Yeah, yeah, and like I don't think you have to like metal to like Metallica. That's true. Ironically, yeah, um, yeah, no, and that's one hundred percent true. And yeah. like there are people that like there are people that live and die by the Metallica has to is the only heavy metal. You know, yeah. like. People that that would look at like a band like Death Heaven or like uh, Bull of Appies, Bull of Bronze, who I sent you recently. I did. I listened. Um, <laughs> you did. <laughs> you, you, I was uh, trying to figure out like where they're from specifically. Right. So I like, got into like a really deep dive of their Facebook. Well, no, page. just just the way you yeah. said I listened. I'm like, it seemed like she's gonna be like, I listened. I hated it. No, um, I didn't. I don't feel any ill will towards that's, them. That's you didn't like it. That's fine. <laughs> I, I no, I mean like it's just like I'm not a metal person. I know. I, mean, I know. I, I listen to metal not on purpose. Right. It's not. It's not your go-to stuff. But right. yeah. So. But anyway, Metallica, Battery, opening track. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions to the playlist? <sighs> I had so many. Okay. Um, go like ahead. a limited list. Uh, here. You, you, if you've got some. Two names, honorable I'll mentions, which stuff. I. One that I wanted to put on the playlist but knew it didn't fit, so I didn't even try. And one that I wanted on the playlist, it was there, and it only fit as the first song. And I couldn't part with uh, the song that opens with Hello as my opening track, um, which is the Ezra Furman song. Oh, okay. Because that's how it opens. Um, and, like, th- that does it for me on a putting things in order right. level. Um, but the test by the Flaming Lips, which is okay. um, never really listened to the Flaming Lips. They, I've never given them a proper chance. They're totally great. Honest. I mean, honestly, they definitely fall into like you know the like a lot of people do listen to them, and I don't think that that's at all diminished their weirdness, which I like. Right. Um, but the test is a great song because it's got like you know like a weird audio buildup and then like a lot of noise and then music and like I'm into that as an opener. Um, and then my other honorable mention was Tales of Girls, Boys, and Marsupials by the Wombats, which okay. is you less of a mom. song. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I don't think their openers do anything specific for their yeah. albums, even though, like, I'm a huge fan of them. But this is my favorite one, which it's um, basically they just repeat that Tales of Girls and Boys and Marsupials over and over. Um, and then the album starts. Cool. Um, one song that really almost ended up being a pick was um, The Wonder Years Came Out Swinging from Suburbia, I've Given You All and Now I'm Nothing for me. Uh, Many words. Which, like, I, I Wonder Years are my favorite band. Uh, and admittedly, their their openers aren't super great. You know, right. they're like, you know, I think that Came Out Swinging is probably their best known song. And, like, you know, it, it's a great opener, but it's hard. it was hard to find a place for it because, like, right. it kind of has, like, a, a <laughs> feedbacky intro and, like, you know, samples. And, like, it could have only worked as, like, the first. And, like, I wanted that's, Ultra Light Beam. Yeah. Um, that, and, no, and that's exactly how I felt. And I've seen the Wonder the Years open shows with it, and it's mm. great. But, like, yeah. And this definitely would have been a much more pop-punky list if I had chosen that. Um, yeah. I also thought about doing Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen. Interesting. Um, just because I like that. I like the way it builds. It's I, a good opener. Yeah, very good opener. Um, I mean, it's a great I just, album. I just didn't want too much classic rock. 
Um, also thought about in relation to that great expectations by the gaslight anthem. Mm. Um, but that opens with like the sound. It, it's another one that like had to be first because it opens with the sound of uh, what's it called? Uh, vinyl. Oh. Like it's dropping. Yeah. So like it needed. Yeah, yeah, it's I, hard to throw like a weird like a uh, audio start to a song in the middle of a playlist. You really have to like place that intentionally, yeah. I think, to make it work, and it's easier to put it at the front. There, there are a bunch of there were a bunch of things that I thought about adding that are like weird like skits almost or things yeah, that yeah, open yeah. the albums. But I was like, let let's just do songs, and maybe <laughs> there will end up being a podcast where it's like non musical things that are on albums. I'm but into that. I, I thought about like like uh Morning by Jeff Rosenstock, which mm-hmm. is just like a voice memo of someone saying like, Hi best friend, good morning, you know, or that's like well, there's this one I've been listening to that's like um it's from one of the like Wu Tang like compilation ones and it's about this uh, writer who writes a piece about them, but they miss the photo shoot, so they don't have photos for it. Right. And it's before the time of the internet. So they do these caricatures of the Wu-Tang Clan and whatever the story gets published, the guy's like, eh, it was fine, whatever. Meets Master Killer like uh, a bunch of months later and is like, asks if he's the author. And he's like, yeah. And then he slaps him in the face and says, Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. We ain't no fucking cartoon characters. And I'm like, like I've been listening to that on loop. It's on my current right. playlist, and so like skits are great. Like I think skits I, have a place in the playlist world. I'm like fifty fifty on skits because like if if there's a good one, I like it. But if there's a bad one, I'm like, why is this even here? Yeah, um, um, Reliant K, who is like an unpopularly choice for anything we listen to because they're like a weird like Christian I, indie band. I could pay, I could fuck with some Reliant. K. I I can as well, which is like it's like one of those bands I discovered because I got their CD from the library and. And then, like, you know, did more research on them. And they're, like, popular Christian artists. And I'm, like, oh, yeah, this is they're interesting. Like, they're Christian in a way that, like, you could, you might not know that they are. Like, God gets mentioned in a few yeah. songs. But, like, it's not, like, Forefront, Be which My I Escape like. has it. But they, yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> and But they have some, like, weird skits in some of their albums. And I really? love that. They, they have weird songs to be, like, yeah, just you know, like, them. Sadie Hawkins' Dance. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? Or, like, <laughs> you know, like, why does, uh, you know. Yeah, no, they have one that's, like, a hidden track at the end of one of their albums, and it's a song about rapping about, like, pepperoni and sneakers, and it's just, like, yeah. really. So much weird shit. So much weird shit, which I'm into. Um, All right. But, yeah, cool. Uh, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram at Nina Macaroni. It's a mix of pictures of trash art <laughs> and some mountains you you post a lot of pictures of your art and i, I do post a lot I of pictures it. of my art oh yeah. thanks um i do a lot of like typography art based on yeah. song lyrics um so i cannot personally make music but i can memorialize it that's so. cool that's totally fair <laughs> um do you have anything you need to promote coming up um I guess, yeah. There's a upcycling open house in Gowanus, Brooklyn. You could check it out at Wearable Collections Instagram. When is? Uh, September 26th. Okay, cool. This will be 10. out by then. It's a Thursday so, night. Cool. I'll um, link that down in the show notes. Oh well, thanks. Um, that's pretty much all I got going on, man. Cool. Uh, follow me on Instagram. I know. I know. I normally do plugs at the beginning of the show, but I fucked up today. Switching um, it up. So uh, at James P Crowley on Instagram, at James P Crowley sixty eight on Twitter. Uh, 
I don't have any shows coming up by the time this posts, but uh, if I do, they'll be listed down in the show notes, or you can go to jamespcrowley.com. Do it. Go to his website. And if you have a playlist of opening tracks that you wanna uh, that you wanna share with me, send me an email, James Crowley's Infinite Playlist at gmail.com. That's all spelled the normal way, just without punctuation. Uh, I'll I'll read it on either a solo episode or you know, share it on social media or something like that. So email it to me, I'll check it out. I love listening to new shit. Or you could just criticize me. Make a playlist. I don't care. Uh, I'll jam out with you next time. See you later. <laughs>